Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to another episode here at A View from the Bullins. I am, of course, The Bobble, and joining me is Lee Mack, Lee McLean. Lee, it's been a tremendous week. It's been, it's been a mental week at, at Goodison Park, but we're going to start off with your good friend, Tom Davis. Leaving, leaving Everton Football Club on a free transfer at the end of the month. He's opted not to sign a new contract that was made to him by Kevin Thowell and Sean Deitch. We're going to talk about the pros and the cons first with this decision. Tom Davis has rejected it. From Tom Davis's point of view, do you think it's the right call by him? Yeah, I do. And to be fair, I know I've said quite a little bit about Tom Davis in the past couple of years. Um, and that's widely known. However... I'll only judge performances and circumstances and decisions on the merit at the time. Mm -hmm. And looking at this on an individual basis, you've got to give Tom Davis, I feel, a massive amount of credit for for taking the decision to, okay, realistically, what is he, fifth choice under Sean Dice in terms of a central midfielder? Next season, I know we've yet to add, but that is yet being the operative word. Where is he going to be on the pecking order next season? He's looked at it purely from a footballing point of view. I'm, I'm guessing. Who knows what, what terms he's yeah, been Yeah, he wanted first-team football. He wanted to play. He wants to play. And I suppose same category as John Joe Kenny when, mm. when he left as well. Very similar scenarios, actually, aren't it they? It is, yeah. Um, so I've got to give him a lot of credit for that. Um, I, I don't sort of back down or apologise for some of my opinions on him from a, mm-hmm. a football side because that's what ultimately what we're here for, to, to give our honest opinion. Sometimes it'll differ. Some people think I'm talking absolute crap. Some people will agree with me. Mm-hmm. But you've got to give what you honestly think. I don't think he's ever kicked on and, and developed to become the player that even I thought he was going to be. At do you blame Everton for that? Do you blame, do you blame Everton for I think him not progressing it, it, to the player that we be, thought he was going to be? It would be remiss of me to just discount the circumstances that mm. he's found himself he's in. He's had numerous managers, hasn't he? It's, listen, it's been, it's been a sort of a mix and bowl of, of managers of different situations. Mm. None of them have been ideal. It's been a negative environment to be in, in the main at Everton Football Club since 2016, 2017, since Tom Davis has come on the scene. Yeah. 
Um, so you, you've got to look at that and you've got to think, of course, that's hindered his development. However, I think there's another side of it as well in terms of you've got as a player and as a top professional, you've got to own your own performance. Absolutely. And, and if, 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 you, if you're surrounded by poor players, mm-hmm. and let's be honest, at times Tom Davis has been surrounded by poor players, then you should stand out as well. Mm. Or you should think, okay, I'm going to kick on, I'm going to carry the, the can for this team and I'm going to be the one who drives us forward and gives the, the fans something to hold on to. This is only my impression, this is not fact, this is just opinion, but there's been times watching Tom Davis over the past six years where I've thought, how desperate and keen is he to sort of improve himself and really, really kick on as a player? And that might just be the way he comes across, his mm-hmm. mannerisms, you know, I could be getting this completely wrong and I want to make that completely clear. But the impression that he's given me is that he's someone who's sort of happy to just play a part. Well, him rejecting the that offer shows that he may not so, be happy so to play a part. You, and that's it. And, and you've got to look at things. And, and I am someone who's not a, a ashamed or afraid to mm. say I was wrong. Mm. And you've got to look at this now and you think, have some of the impressions and some of the opinions I've had on him in the past, were they wrong? They could be, because this latest decision leads me to believe that he's someone who, who does care about his development mm. and his career and he's thinking more longer term. He's not someone who's just happy to sit and waste away on the bench at Everton, where he's got it cushy, he's well-respected, he's got, you know, a, a, obviously a great home life, does a lot for the community. Um, you know, he, I don't think he's going to really care what a, a section of fans think about him. You know, he's, he's better than football a lot than I could ever have wished to have been. He's achieved the dream in terms of what a lot of Evertonians dream to do, and that's pull on the the, the blue shirt and play 179 games. Um, ultimately, do I think he was ever good enough to sort of kick on and, and be a, a mainstay in, in, in terms of an Everton team that you want to see pushing towards top six, top four, wherever they, that may be? No, I don't. I, I think he's quite a distance away from that. So we agree that you think it's the right decision for him to but reject the, the deal from a personal but from view? A, Absolutely, yeah. From a personal point of view, he's done the right thing and you've got to give him a lot of credit for that. So let's talk it from a club point of view. Everton mm. offered him a new deal, arguably maybe our fifth choice centre midfielder. What sort of position do you think that puts the football club in now, knowing that we offered him a new contract, he's rejected it, mm-hmm. and it's another position, space, spot in the squad that Everton have now got to find in a very short window now? Yeah, it is, it is what it is. Listen, Everton will have know that Tom Davis is coming towards the end of his contract. These things don't just happen. They've mm. had a year to think about it. Um, and you would like to think that they were aware that Tom Davis wasn't automatically just going to turn around and get a pen and sign it straight away. There was, there was the op, the op, obvious risk that he was going to turn around and say, no, well, I'm not playing every week. I want to go and see passages new. He's obviously got offers on the table. There's people who value him as a footballer. Mm. Um, so Everton now I've got to look and say, okay, yes, it's another space to fill. Is it a chance for, for a youngster to come through and, and stake the claim? But I see it from the other point of view as well in terms of it's it's sort of thrusting someone perhaps into the limelight and into a position where they're even on the bench when maybe they're not, they're not quite ready when they could be out getting experience somewhere else. So I'll listen to all, of the, all sides of it. But I think personally, overall, I think it was better for all parties, not just Tom Davis, but I think for Everton Football Club that we sort of called an end to it, mm. naturally. I, d- I didn't see him ever progressing to becoming a first choice. Oh, I think if I was yeah. Tom Davis's agent or his family member, I think he's made the right choice. I think he's got to go away, play some football, get some minutes in, in, into the belt. He wants first-team football wherever that is in Europe or in, in the UK. 
I think he made the right decision personally. I, I, me personally, I wish him all the very, very best. Absolutely. So Terrific kid. You know, 24 years old, a great lad. Uh, does an awful amount of work for things like in the Everton in the community. I've never really heard a bad word said about him internally. And again, I wish him all the very best. I don't think we could ever doubt his endeavour or his application whilst wearing an Everton shirt. Yeah, there might have been doubts over, is he good enough to play week in, week out mm -hmm. in an Everton midfield? Is he good enough to anchor a midfield? Is he good enough to hold a starting berth in the yeah. team? I think they're all question marks, but above all else, he's an Evertonian, mm -hmm. he's a local lad, he mm -hmm. lived the dream. Yep. He's going to go away to pastures new and I think we, we wish him all the very, very best and, mm -hmm. and say, you know, thanks for 179 Absolutely. games and, and there's no hard feelings from, from anyone or any blue. So moving on from Tom Davis, it's been another whirlwind of a week in terms of boardroom level. A statement has came out from Fard Mashiri to say that he is now actually on the board and Bill Kenroy is to remain for now during a period of transition as Everton chairman. It was kind of expected that Bill Kemmerich would stay as chairman for a period of that transition. What did you make of the statement? Uh, it's just contradictory. Obviously, the, the initial the initial feeling is one of disappointment and one of a missed opportunity for mm -hmm. me um, because you compared the statement today, was it today? Yeah. This morning, time running away with me, to the one made last Monday where it looked quite definitive that a decision is going to be made on Bill Kenwright's future in 48 hours. They made that big boo-boo when putting the timestamp Well, those 48 hours actually turned to 209 hours. 209. So not quite, just slightly just out slightly there, 48 off. to 209. Um, another example of sort of incompetence, not reading the room, mm. not being professional about how you go about things, about how you communicate, uh, a lack of sort of background planning and being lined up and joined up in your approach. Um, but ultimately, I, I thought it was a, a real missed opportunity on behalf of Farhad Mashiri to gain some credence back. What would you have liked him to do? I'd, he, he, listen, I don't, I don't know the full picture, so it's hard because at the end of the day, we're just fans and, mm. and we're sat here and we're, and we're asked to give an opinion or a view on something, but we don't know all of the intricacies that's going on mm -hmm. behind the scenes. So did Bill Kenwright have to stay in terms of the boxes need to be ticked? in terms of any income and investment or anything like that? Well, he has to stay until a formal board member has actually joined the football club. You have to have at least one person on a board. Yeah. So obviously the three handed in their resignation, so did Bill Kenwright's to mm -hmm. make it four. Those three left. Bill Kenwright stayed to keep his position on the board. We have to have one person on the board. Right. And that's why he then stayed. Then Fabio so we wanted time to speak to Bill Kenwright in order to try and persuade him to rethink his position whilst Everton were going through through a period of transition. That was Fahad Mashiri's thought process. That's what he chose to do. He asked Bill Kenwright for a couple of meetings. I'm happy to say he had four meetings with Bill Kenwright after that horrible worded statement in 48 hours. He had four meetings with Bill Kenwright and Bill Kenwright then chose to help out or agree to Fahad Mashiri's wishes and stay on as, as Everton chairman for now. You see, you look at that, and then you, you surely some of the blame and some of the anger needs to be directed for me towards Mashiri. Because I think so, because I think he had it, the power is in his in his hands at that he, point. He could have got rid of Bill Kenwright. He's he's given himself a position on the board. Colin Chong, Colin Chong, who's come on, um, who's also now a a member of the board. Um, I think he had the option to to do what every Evertonian would have, or not every Evertonian, because we don't speak on behalf of every Evertonian, but from what I can tell, what the vast amount of Evertonians would have classed as mm -hmm. a popular popular decision, and he's chosen not to do that. And I just think it would have given the club a real lift and it would have galvanised things 
um, because my, I can only go on my opinion, and that is Bill Kenwright, and I'm not going to mince my words. I think he's a, I think he's a parasite. Mm-hmm. Um, and when, if we, we rewind six years, when we were looking for investments and we were looking to move forward as a football club, I firmly believe that Bill Kenwright didn't look for the best billionaire for Everton Football Club. Mm-hmm. I thought he, he's looking back now. I think he's looked for the best billionaire for Bill Kenwright, and one who was going to trust them infinitely, keep him on, keep him in and amongst things in a decision-making capacity. Although Mashiri's the owner, he spends a lot of time away from the club. I don't think he's as connected as what you know. Mm. some people may think he is. I think Bill Kenwright calls the shots a lot and has called the shots a lot at Everton, and that's worrying because the man has no credentials. He can't call upon any success. You look at the David Moyes here, I think David Moyes and David Moyes alone can take the credit for for that yeah um so I, I just think it's self-serving there's a part of me that thinks he wants to stay in situ until we cut that ribbon at Bramley Moor Dock so we can say listen it is one back at you I'm not a failure I'm not what you all say I'm I I, I gave you this mm-hmm. this new stadium um I just think it's uh it, it's in his his own best interests and I was pretty flawed when I heard that update today I just hope it's listen the, the signals are that it is temporary so things could change but for now you know, it's just another couple of weeks, whatever it is, with Bill well, We don't Kemmer. know how long, do we? we? And, and I think do you think Bill Kemright, you know, if he is, and this is all hypothetical, if Bill Kemright was still as Everton chairman come the start of the season, do you think he can return to no. Goodison Park? No. No, he hasn't, listen, he hasn't been at Goodison Park since January. We've mm-hmm. just been through, again, a relegation scrap where the fans, the players, Sean Dyche collectively have got us over the line again. Mm-hmm. And Bill Kenwright has, he's made his bed. He, he, it, it's it's a line that should never have been crossed. He, it, it, it's made it him against us in terms of the mm. fan base. He's attacked, and we, we, we say we've said this over and over again. He's attacked the one facet of this club which can't ever be questioned, mm. or um, we, we shouldn't be pouring shadow over because Everton fans are, are incredible. We've shown that, mm-hmm. um, and I know there's an element of bias there, but I think that's widely acknowledged within football as well. And he's chosen to throw us under a bus and. Really, it comes across to me like he, he's taking things personally. It's someone who really doesn't like it when he's not loved. That's how it, how it comes across to me. How dare you not love me and, and, and want to thank me for everything I've done for you. Bill, we, we, I, we see you. We see you for what you are. What have you done for Everton Football Club? I'm 40 years old now, unfortunately, as of last <laughs> week. <laughs> and You look it as well. Thanks, mate. Thank you. I love you too. I was, um, I was 12... 12 mm-hmm. when we last won a trophy and don't forget let, let's just everyone knows if you know your history and all of that we'd gone at that point seven years without winning a trophy and for Everton that was classed as a, a major drought yeah, it was yeah. all over the newspapers Everton's trophy ba- yeah. uh, barren spell ends and he has presided over what 80% of that mm-hmm. time that that's elapsed it's just, it's it's a disgrace so um, so for me it's it's just really really disappointing and no there's no way back for him he can't show his face again I think the fans have made the the intentions clear and I don't think the protests and which, which have been peaceful and they haven't just happened this is not people just with a an agenda that they've just plucked out of thin air this mm. is this is people who feel the same as me and you who, who have who are Evertonians who have grown up starved of any success who have seen all the mistakes the false promises everything like that and have thought no actually enough's enough. We're seeing our club getting assets stripped. We're seeing us being mocked by other football club and, and fans and the media and everything else. And they think, no, 
we we deserve more. We travel around the country. We sell out home and away. Mm-hmm. Last season there wasn't a ticket spare no. throughout the whole again for the whole season. We deserve better, and that's what the fans have said. And they've thought right, the people, the people, or the person, or the people. It's not just one who are responsible for putting us there. We don't want you here anymore. And and th- this is our club. We want better for our club. And ultimately, we have to do something. We have to take action to get what we want. And I don't think that'll stop until the main man has gone. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So moving on from Bill Kerr, why Fahd Mashiri also is now on the Everton board, whether it's on an interim basis, a short-term basis, a period of transition. In reality, who knows anymore? Let's just have it right. Who knows? No idea. It's like trying to predict the lottery with Mr. Mashiri. So he is now on the Everton board. What did you make of that, him now being on the Everton board? Do you think that's maybe, even for now, he's got nowhere to hide, has he? Because sometimes he's hid behind the Everton board. Well, he can't anymore because he's on it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. As I say, Mm -hmm. this is a repeat because I'm just a fan. So I don't know. I don't know how a, how a board works or operates or anything like that. I can give me opinion on what I think, and that is, I, I think he's there to protect his mate. I think he, he trusts Bill Kenrick for whatever reason. We can disagree with it in, in, until the cows come home, but for whatever reason, he trusts Bill Kenwright, and he wants him there whilst X, Y, and Z is happening. And we're going through this period of transition. Which is strange, because when it comes to transfer windows, they're not always the, the, working together. Exactly. And there's been other people involved. Mm. You look at Marcel Brands and everything, and they've clashed. And there's, there's mm. been so many people and powerful voices in the room who, who don't get it. So it's not a collaborative No, it's not. When we wanted a manager, they've never worked together. No, absolutely they not. They wanted so completely different profiles. It doesn't make sense, mate. It doesn't make any sense. I, I've been thinking since this morning, what's all this about? Trying to put all these jigsaw puzzle mm. pieces together. I can't. I don't know. I'm just going to have to wait like everyone else and see what, how things develop in the coming weeks. How do you feel right now, then, as an Everton? I know that's a real open question, but how do you feel, mate, as, as an Everton fan right now? We're, we're in the middle of the summer now. Pre-season's just a, under two weeks away before the lads return. The squad is, is dwindled at the moment. We've lost a host of players. Whether you like it or not, we've lost a host of players. Mm. We're not close to signing anybody right now. The news has just came out that the board have gone. Bill Kenwright's going to stay temporary well, we hope as Everton chairman, investment is on knocking on the door. It's close, but not over the line completely yet. There's not a lot to be excited about right now, is there? There really, really isn't. No, um, I'm frustrated because mm. we should be sat here now, like you say, two weeks before the lads come back to Finch Farm. We should be talking about the squad. Yeah, that's who, the exciting who, part. Yeah, as a football fan, we don't want to be sitting here, and this has been going on for too long, mm. talking about like the board and... Bad decisions it's and mismanagement. Football a bit, it, ha- it? but it sucked in. You nailed it, right? 
we've been sat on this podcast and it seems for far too long a percentage of the, the time that we've spent talking about Everton, it's been around the wrong things. As a fan, you want to be talking about exciting you yeah. know, players coming in. What do you think of this fella? What do you think of these performances? We're linked with this. All the stuff that you think you you, you associate with being sat around the pub table, having a pint and having a good time with your friends, your family, whatever. We're, we At the minute, we're, we're being asked to answer questions that we're not qualified to know the answers to and we're not able to focus on what football fans should be focusing mm. on so I'm worried sick because time is ticking away our squad is painfully thin we've just come through two seasons where we've escaped by the skin of our teeth last season more so than the last mm -hmm. I think it's only Sean Dyche and his effect that because from a playing squad point of view we were much worse off last year I believe than the season mm. previous so you look at that squad and if I was to write it down on a piece of paper now everyone's probably done it you're thinking we need six, seven, potentially eight yep. new additions with such a small window of time. Mm -hmm. And then we've got all this going on. It's a distraction. It's stuff that we don't need. I feel sorry again for Sean Dyche um, because it seems like he's got all this background noise that he's got to work within. It must be really, really difficult for him. Did a great job last season in drowning all that mm -hmm. out and focusing on the football stuff, but he's got to do it again, unfortunately. It's going to be tough for him. But I thought, I, I, I was honestly thinking, started last week, I was in a great mood anyway because I had loads of boss stuff coming up. But I'm thinking, wow, this statement comes out. This, this, this is it. This is the start of like a real turning point. We've we've got our ducks in a row. We may have a plan. Things are just going to happen like mm -hmm. a domino effect, and we were going to be sat here at this point with some real tangible change behind us. Yes, obviously we've had three board directors leave. Mm -hmm. um, are they scapegoats? I don't know. I think some are more culpable than yeah. than others. Yeah, I'd agree um, with that. I think you look at Graham Sharp. I think is is he just guilty by association? You know, we all make mistakes. I think there's certainly a way back for him in terms of a, a legend at the club. All he needs to come out and is really make a statement if he want if he wants to. Mm. But I think in the heart of a lot of Evertonians, he'll always have that legacy with him. Ingalls again, I, I don't think he takes anywhere near as much of the blame. And in fact, he's probably you've touched upon this. He's one of the have, better ones. He one was. of the better ones, and and he can take credit for certain things mm. as well. Barrett I'm not Baxton. saying he was perfect. No, 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 nobody but thinks he's yeah, perfect. They've no. all made mistakes. Yeah, They've all yeah. on that board. They can't look at it. He was themselves. almost a bit collateral. He was a bit of a collateral in it, but he was one of the better yeah. board members in a yeah. in, in a reality and yeah. a poor bunch. But the one, the mainstay, the one common denominator who's been there throughout mm -hmm. is still there. Yeah. So that's why no one's resting and no one's happy and no one's sort of got that reassurance because he's because he's still there. But as a blue, as a football fan, which is what we all are and what we should be speaking about. I'm looking at the first game of the season. Mm -hmm. A real good opportunity, Fall by the way, home. Yeah. to get three points and get off to a good start. I'm just dreading the fact that we're going to be in the in, a, in the same position or worse than last season where we, we, we were all woefully unprepared. Mm -hmm. Knew we didn't have any striking options. We weren't ready to start the season, even though we had foresight of what's going on. If it happens again, there's only so many times we can circle the drain before getting sucked Agreed. In. And that is also, that's ultimately what is going to happen. If we were to start this season with this squad of players now, it would take a miracle, I believe. Yeah, I think it's it not would. Gonna happen. No, no, no. It, I mean, it, if we were to start the season tomorrow, so to speak, I think if, I think if on paper, if we looked at the current squad, and I think if we were sat there and thought, well, if Jordan Pickford, James Tarkowski, or Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who has struggled, obviously, as we all know, with his injuries, I think if any of those three had a long-term injury, mm -hmm. or say broke a leg or done a cruciate or whatever... I think if one of those three took a serious injury, I think it'd be curtains. I really would. The, your best goalie, and we don't really have a replacement for him. You, your number one centre mm -hmm. half, and then you, you're only number nine. Yeah, I think they're the three, and I'm not, that's not me discounting other good players. We've got some decent other players, of course, but I mean, I just think those three. 
Right. If one of those got a serious injury, it'd be game over. And I think that's how just fragile we are as a team right now and as mm-hmm. a squad. And of course, the season doesn't start for a, a little while long and we've obviously got a little bit of time. But I just think we are probably the only Premier League club where you could look at that and think, well, if they got one serious injury, yeah. they're in big trouble. Yeah. So Straight we from the off. So it's not just one we need. Mm-hmm. As I say, we, there's, there's holes and there's gaps all yeah. over that squad. Because as the starting eleven isn't too bad. But like you say, you take one of those key ones out of that game starting over. 11 and it's game over. But you look at the starting 11 as one piece, and we've covered that. You look at the squad, and, and you look at the squad on the final day, game of the season, the, the, the bench against Bournemouth. It was decimated. It's yeah. frighteningly bad. Mm. It's frighteningly lacking in quality and experience, everything you need in, in the Premier League. We can't influence a game. so And you're going to get injuries, suspensions, whatever, throughout the season. Evans mm. certainly tend to. Tend to. Um, so we'd be, we'd be like a sitting duck. Mm, I agree, pick, and we'd be picked up. Yeah, we'd be a sitting duck. Absolutely. And I know this is all. This is just it's all so hypothetical at the moment. It's hypothetical of course. because I'm not. I'm very conscious that a lot could change. Mm. But obviously, we're sat here at a point in time, pinning the stick, mm. and, and it's not looking good at the minute. Ellis Sims is mm. another player that's been linked with the move away from Everton. He's been linked with the likes of Ipswich, Blackburn, Stoke. It looks like he's available for the right price. We spoke about Tom Davis leaving to go get first team football, and you think that it was the right decision by Tom to to reject the contract. What do you think about Ellis Sims? He's apparently very, very open to going away on, on a permanent move to get first team football. Do you think he's 22? Do you think that's the right move? Yeah, I think 22 is not, he's not a kid. Mm-hmm. And I think he's done really well forever. And I think when he's been called upon, he's not really let us down. But from what I've seen of him, I've got question marks on whether he's ever going to be at the level required yeah. to lead the line in the Premier League. When mm-hmm. I look, if I compare him to like Callum Wilson, for yeah. example. A striker of that caliber, I think there's a gap. I think there's a gap there. Um, so, Ella Sims, I think we'll have had converse- conversations. He'll be thinking, Am I going to be playing football at Everton yeah. next year? Am I really going to be even on the bench? Am I going to be the person coming off the bench and every week being involved and getting minutes? Mm. And there's, I think there's question marks around that. So, fair play to him again if he feels that his future lies away from Everton. And, and ultimately, if you're bringing people through the academy, if they don't make it, a lot a high percentage of them won't make it. Mm. But it, it, the academy's there for for reasons other than just people breaking into the first team and staying there and becoming embedded and being it's superstars. A it's a business. It's a business. That's what mm. we are. That's why the, you invest in the academy yep. for a return, ROI, return on your investment. You need these players to be generating your five millions, your ten millions, whatever. I remember in Coventry City, I've said this before on this podcast, I remember in Coventry sold James Madison mm-hmm. and he went to Norwich. And when they sold him, my mate who is still at Coventry, he said to me at the time, Madison going to Norwich keeps our academy afloat for over five years. Mm-hmm. From the whole academy, yeah. not just one age group, the whole academy, mm-hmm. it would fund that academy for five years, over yeah. five years, he said, which terms. That's mad, isn't it? Yeah, it's mad. But what, what, that, and when you look back, Madison's gone off to be a really, really good player. He's in a Champions League player, in reality, a top mm-hmm. player. But for Coventry at that time, when they were financially riddled with debt, to have that sort of money coming in. Well, they could look their back Their academy that did their now. job. Yeah. They could look back at that, look where they are now. Correct. It did their job. It did it, and, and it's kept them afloat, and yep. it's had them knocking Bided on the door of the, of, yeah. on, of the Premier League, and yeah. who knows where they'll get next year. Um, so ultimately, that's an area that, again, it's been one of many, but where Everton have just fallen. The Gordon sale was a good one for the academy. Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. So there's we've signs, had very few of them, haven't but we? before that, 
It was just nothing. Losses, losses, nothing. losses, losses, losses. You know, just coming through, not getting, not breaking into the first team, hanging around the under 23s for ages, or leaving. And on you a leave free. on a free. And it was just, it's just like, what, what's the point? Mm. What's the point of having an academy? Because it's not a competitive league anymore. No. It's not somewhere where you're playing against all the first team. Um, so yeah, I think if Everton can generate an amount, a sum, a decent sum, five million north for Ellis Sims, and that can be reinvested, and we've got something lined up and a plan, then I think it's a great decision mm. and a great move for all involved really so you spoke about Sean Dyche you said that you know it's going to be really really tough for him with all this noise that's currently going around but I want to touch on Kevin Thalwell how tough must it be for him right now currently leading the charge in this transfer window for Everton on behalf of Sean Dyche and head of recruitment Dan Purdy so for Kevin Thalwell to be leading this sort of charge of all this turmoil if you were a football player agent, you wouldn't want to be pushing your player to Everton right now, would you? No, you wouldn't. So, I mean, he's got to have some power of negotiation. He, he best have a good slideshow at that new stadium <laughs> or whatever. Um, but listen, he's, he's well-respected in the game. Mm -hmm. It's a difficult task. It's not an insurmountable task. I think no. Everton, of course, are, are, are a little bit of a... Well, not a little bit of a mess, let's be honest. We are like a circus at the minute. Yes. It's bad. Um, but... The turn by a former player to me was basket case. Basket case. Yeah, well, that was a former that's, player. That's, yeah, we'll take case. that. Basket case. That's, that's probably quite kind. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're a mess. <laughs> like, we're a circus. There's, you go on Twitter and you'll find all of the the adjectives to describe Everton at the minute. But mm -hmm. we are still a big club. Yeah. There are players who will still look at the name Everton and mm -hmm. think that's a more attractive proposition than a large number of clubs in the Premier League. Mm -hmm. Can we? What money can we offer? We don't know. Um, there's new investment coming in. We are on the eve of a unbelievable, groundbreaking, yeah. iconic waterfront stadium, which will attract players. It's the beacon, isn't it, for it us? Is, it yeah. is. It's our that, beacon. That's the thing. That is your yeah. selling point. Yeah. We've got uh, amazing training facilities. Mm -hmm. Like Finch Farm is like an impressive place to yeah, be. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, we've got internationals in the squad. Um, so it's not all bad. I'm just trying my best here to try and think of positives. Yeah. And Kevin Thelwell is a well-respected um, person within the game. Yeah. And he's now got to go out and, and earn his crust. He's done a, a decent job and there's been some real encouraging signs in terms of this transfers that he's been involved in thus far. So let's not write things off straight away. Because like you say, football's a funny game. Circumstances and situations and mm. feelings can change almost on the flip of a coin. So we could be sat here in a couple of weeks mm. with things looking a lot different, a couple of maybe incomings. So, so that, as a fan, you've just got to hang on to that. You have, you've got to keep the faith. That's it, yeah. So to finish off, if you could say a few words to the current Everton chairman, Bill Kemright, and keep it clean. <laughs> oh, right. If you could say a few things to him from a, a diehard Everton fan, mm -hmm. we're all Everton fans, but from a diehard Everton fan, if you were sitting in the room with Bill Kemright and you could just have a, a minute with him, you can't get physical, what would you say to him? <laughs> I wouldn't get physical. I'm getting too old for that now. You um, are, yeah. Thank you. Don't have to agree. <laughs> um, okay. So if I'm put in that position, mm -hmm. I think I'd say, Bill, you've had your time. Mm -hmm. You're a 77-year-old man. You've got your health concerns. You claim to love Everton Football Club. There was a time, a long time, that I believed that you did love Everton Football Club. But, but please, if you do... You need to look at the whole picture now. Be realistic. Don't be stubborn. Don't bury your head in the sand. Look at the people who who make the football club what they are. Look at the, the fans on the terraces. Look at the people who didn't sleep 
for the last six months and the six months before that and the 12 months before that who have spent money that they didn't have, who yearn for a better football club, who are obsessed with the idea of a an idea of going down to Wembley with the kids, with the mm. friends, with the dad, before it's maybe too late, and watching Everton Football Club and a captain lift a trophy because that's what Everton Football Club, don't forget, and it's easy to forget because time's ticking on, but that's what we're synonymous with. That's yeah. what we should be doing at Everton Football Club. Nil Satis and Optimum, that's your level. So if you do care, walk away while you still can because the longer this goes on and this is being dragged out, you're giving people more and more bullets to fire at you and an impression that you're just hanging on for self-serving purposes, damaging the club. And I think it is damaging. Whether you intend to or not, Bill, I'm still speaking to Bill. Yeah. You need to step aside because the longer this goes on, your reputation is going to be damaged even further. You'll again, you'll be forever known as the person who damaged Everton Football Club almost beyond repair. Mm -hmm. And we're now running the risk of absolute catastrophical damage. So if this carries on any longer and Everton drop out of the Premier League, then what are you going to be remembered for? Timing's everything. Move aside. If you want to stay on as a whatever, in a title that doesn't include any power, power, decision making, um, then I think some people wouldn't be okay with that. There's a there's a percentage of supporters who still wouldn't be happy with that. Yeah. But I think there'd be some people who, okay, that would suffice and that would tick yeah. the box. Um, so if you're the Everton fan that you say you are, I've got doubts about that. Now, do one, <laughs> basically. Get and, out of the club. And now you're in a room with Fard Mashiri for one minute. Yeah. Again, you can't get physical with him. What are you going to say to Fard Mashiri? How did you become a billionaire? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'd start with. I'd be like, I, like, I don't get it. Um, it would be, you've made a start. Mm. You've you've given us an indication that so you're willing to He can get a lot of goodwill change. back, can't he? Yeah, we don't know him. He's mm. not been in the limelight for 29 years or whatever it's mm. been. Like, he's a problem, like, but he could get a lot of goodwill yeah. back, couldn't he, with he, making the right decisions? He's very naive. Decisions. You've shown yourself, to, I'm speaking to Farhad now, yeah. not you. You're very naive, Farhad. I'm telling you off <laughs> as a billionaire. Yeah. Um, so you've, you've made some horrific decisions. Mm. It's time to start making some good ones. You've started off. You need to make a big one. The biggest decision that you can make is still there. The yep. biggest decision that you could gain favour and get some of that reputation back with mm. Evertonis is still, it's right there in front of you. It's almost like you're in the bad books. So far, a bit of advice for you, Farhad. Like, yeah, right? yeah. You're in the bad books with the missus. You've just said you're going to be home by eight o'clock. You've stayed out. You've come in, you've woke her up, she's in work the next morning, she's fuming, like she's livid, right? So you're in the bad books and you've been in the bad, bad, bad books all week and you've gone to like TK Maxx and there's a Gucci handbag there for like a fiver and you just walk past it. That, it's that's a the, gimme. It's, the, it's, it's a, a gimme. It's a do gimme. it. Yeah. Do it. Don't don't ignore the Gucci handbag. Don't go out again and get drunk because that's what you. That's that's the analogy I'd use. So that's what you'd say to Farhad, don't ignore the Gucci handbag. That's it. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> and on that bombshell, <laughs> I'm going to end the show. Yeah. Thanks for listening as always here to a view from the Bullins. And if you see that Gucci handbag in TK Maxx, don't Buy do what Farhad. don't do what Farhad did and don't walk past it. In the meantime, take care and all the very best. Thank you.